Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check this joint out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am. Jake! Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. Don't give my name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Hell, you can even do Pandora Radio now. Tap in the keyword search, The Big Brother Jake Podcast, and boom, you're in there. Uh, before I get started, before I say anything, special shout out to the homie Pete Dub, a.k.a. Paul Wilson. Happy birthday, punk. Uh, I'm happy that uh, you made another trip around the sun and, you and you know, you're celebrating. Sorry I can't be with you. You know, I'm like a Jamaican. I got like 42,000 jobs, so I can't make it to San Diego, but I know you're going to listen. That's how confident I am, and I want to wish you a happy birthday. Uh, so, you know, mad love to you, homeboy. Happy birthday, man. We'll celebrate soon, I promise that. I um, also want to give a shout out to Hannah and Angela of the Girl What You Think podcast uh, for coming on last uh, episode, last week. We had a good time. We talked all things Valentine's Day, relationships, all that good stuff. And it was really good to have them on and get a different perspective than what you're used to here on the Big Brother Jake podcast. So it was a blast to have them on. And if you want to listen to their podcast, uh, you can go on to their Instagram page at Girl What You Think. Um, check them out every Friday. They have new episodes and go to your favorite, uh, digital, uh, platform and you'll find their podcast. So it's really nice to have them on and a lot of fun, uh, took away a lot of perspectives from a different point of view. So it's been a crazy week, fun week. Um, if you haven't noticed, if you go to my Instagram page or my TikTok, I have a TikTok. Oh, I know I'm that guy now loser, but it's okay. <laughs> You know, the social media manager, a.k.a. my daughter, Kendra, said that um, I need to have more of a presence to the younger audience. So if you're a TikTok lover, I do have a TikTok. It's at Big Brother Jake LA, at Big Brother Jake LA. I'm posting this new little uh, tidbit that um, I've been working on called uh, the Big Brother Jake Pod Snacks, where, you know, I try to do it every day, but I have a little something, something I do that's about 30 seconds long, like legit snack. You want a whole meal? You can go to soundcloud.com slash bigbrotherjakepodcast, find all the other archived episodes. Um, but if you just can tolerate me a little bit, the Big Brother Jake pod snacks, those are available, you know, here and there. I try to do it every day. I try to be funny, keyword try, but, you know, I do my best. So check that out when you get a chance. Um, but it's mainly on Instagram. I try to post it on all my social media, Twitter, Facebook, you know, things of that nature. So check it out, you know, have a little fun with it, you know, see a little side of me you don't usually see. So this episode, um, in segment two, we're going to talk to, uh, my man, Jesse Tassetti. He's the uh, director of outreach and admissions for the Warrior Scholar Project. For those that don't know, I have teamed up with the Warrior Scholar Project, being a veteran of the United States Navy, go Navy. Um, I had a hard time transitioning out uh, from military to civilian life. I tried to maintain being a civilian as much as I could in the military, but sometimes that mindset never leaves. They try to place veterans or people transitioning out of the military into um, learning institutions, higher learning institutions. And they do a fabulous job, and it's something that I'm really proud to be a part of and something I believe in and donate to and uh, I back this organization. So Jesse Tassetti will come on. He's also my Dodger Insider. And uh, we're going to discuss how you can help the Warrior Scholar Project and reach out to them. And if you know somebody that's in the military or getting out of the military that's trying to transition into a high learning institution, you need to tune in to the next episode and find out more. So I can't wait to have him on. And uh, talk Dodger baseball too. But there's a couple of things that I'm not happy about right now. And it's not going to be popular with what I'm about to say. And it's okay because sometimes 
I'm not going to be liked by everybody, and it, I'm fine with that. I, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to entertain and or piss people off. Either way, as long as you listen, I don't really care, you know? So one of the things that I read in the news this morning, and man, I was not happy about it <laughs> at all. I'm happy, but I'm not happy. Um, Los Angeles County and California, some parts, they're looking to open elementary schools because the levels are starting to taper off uh, with COVID cases and whatnot. And I have some questions that might need answering. You know, I'm all for the kids going back to school because it's starting to wear on our children. I know for my kids, speaking from experience, my kids, <laughs> craziest thing ever, they actually want to go back to school. And I was like, what? Dad, we miss school. We'd love to go back. Okay. I miss my friends. I miss a classroom setting. I hate being in front of a computer all day. I get that, you know. And so I get the part that they want to go back to school. I'm all for it. Now, they're talking about in Los Angeles County opening up schools, elementary schools. And that's the thing that I'm questioning. Now, I get it. Elementary schools, younger kids, they say it doesn't affect kids as much as it does adults and younger, you know, teenagers and whatnot. But wouldn't you want to try and open up all the schools and see what happens? Or maybe try the high schoolers and see what happens? You know, since they're the ones that are right below adults, you know, or better yet, why not open up everything if you're talking about that? Oh, yeah, I'm going there. I'm going there. Yes, I'm going there. Now, what baffles me, and I don't understand for the life of me, you want to open up schools, but you won't open up gyms, you won't open up restaurants inside, you know, you, ha you can eat in a tent or with an awning or a covering or outside, but you want to full-on open up elementary schools. Now, here's the thing I don't understand. I'm not a scientist, and I'm not an expert on anything except tacos, Maui, and hip-hop, and radio, and podcasting. But I'm not an expert on science, and you can show me stats from here to Albuquerque, and I still don't know what the hell is represented in some of this paperwork or research. But I do know one thing. Somebody needs to make it make sense for me. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, and my degree is just a $42,000 piece of artwork, so I'm not the most smartest person in the world. But how in the world can it be okay for elementary schools to be open? According to our lawmakers, but you don't open up restaurants, you don't open up gyms. You know, it, it, people need to get out and do more. You know, there's, there's, a, there's such a thing as COVID fatigue. And now the numbers are coming out that people are having a harder time being isolated and having a harder time dealing with a pandemic than they are the actual infection. Now, I made it a point that I need more sunshine, I need more fun, I need more, you know, stimulating things in my life. So I, I take that chance every day, I guess, to go out and have a good time. You know, I'm precautious, I wear my mask, I have my sanitizer with me in my pocket and all that stuff. But, I, you know, I'm not out doing crazy stuff because I don't want to infect anybody if I have it. But, for some reason... We can say, hey, let's send the elementary kids back to school. But you got to eat under a tent. You can't go to your gym indoors. Even if you take all the precautions, can't work out indoors, can't eat indoors. But let's send the kids back to school. I don't understand that concept. Make it make sense for me. Somebody make it make sense for me.
And I know a lot of people don't like when I talk about this stuff and, oh, man, you know, stick to what you know. If I stick to what I know all the time, I'll bore you to death every single time. But I just don't understand the positioning and the decision-making that's going on with our lawmakers. You'll put the kids at risk, but you don't want to put people at risk that work out or want to eat indoors because, I mean, it's – a California winter. I, I can't complain compared to everywhere else in the country, especially in the Midwest, where it's Arctic temperatures. But who wants to eat outside in a 45-degree heat lamp? You know, 45 degrees outside under a heat lamp. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. So I, I don't understand the reasoning. You know, there's a lot of the people say, oh, well, you know, it's just something we're discussing. It's in preliminary talk. A lot of uh, school administration says we probably won't do it, but the fact that it's brought up that, hey, yeah, levels went down, send your kids back to school, but you don't open up everything else, just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it doesn't. And I don't understand it. I won't understand it. And, oh, man, it, it, I just don't get it. But I'm hoping that eventually we figure out a way where we can open up everything where people can go back to normal. You know, everyone talks about this is a new normal. No, I'm not going to accept a new normal. And I don't want to get into a deep discussion about that. But it just either open everything up or keep everything closed. Because, you know, there's teachers that won't get vaccinated or haven't been vaccinated yet. Um, you know, some don't want to do it. And that's their right. And that's okay if they don't want to do it. You know? And others are like, yeah, I'm all for it, but I don't have access to vaccinations because I don't fall in a certain you know, age range or I'm not high risk. So my point is this. Why even discuss it if half the people don't even want to do it and half the people want to do it? You know, they said the numbers prove that they can redo it again, open it back up. I'm all for it if, if it's not going to hurt anyone, of course. But... I just don't understand we can have this open but not that open. You, you can have a big chain store open and, and, and smaller mom and pop shops are closed. Like We've had this discussion over and over and over again. I get all that. It doesn't make sense, though. So make it make sense. And now I'm off my high horse on that <laughs> because I don't want to keep my man waiting. You know, so my man Jesse Tassetti, he's doing great work. Um, for a great organization, uh, the Warrior Scholar Project. I've teamed up with them and partnered with them uh, because when I got out of the military, there wasn't a lot of ways to transition out of being with the military mindset into being a civilian again. So they do great work. And my man Jesse Tassetti is going to tell the world all about this great organization. And uh, we're going to do that right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Congratulations to our military hero of Clipper Nation, Antonio Cortina. Learn more about his story and service as part of Military Heroes presented by CarMax. Want to nominate a Clippers fan who served or is on active duty, by the way? Visit clippers.com slash military hero for details. No, we got one in Big Brother Jake Warner. <laughs> That's right. U.S. Navy vet, one of the good ones, sits next to us every night and does a fantastic job as our audio engineer. Yo, <laughs> man, that's an honor. Look, I've been doing radio 21 years, all right, and I've had my name shouted out by the best of them, and it's always an honor to have your name being shouted out, whether it's your stage name or your government name. It, it always makes me happy, so an NBA broadcast is that much better. So, shout out to my man, Adam Oslin. He's the co-host of the FNA podcast with Kevin Figures. He's also the pregame host for the Clippers. He's the halftime host of the Clippers and the postgame host of Clipper Talk. Uh, so, shout out to Adam for that. And my man, Noah Eagle, friend of the program, giving me love. Oh, man, that was great. I, I loved serving my country. I love all things military. And, you know, I don't want to keep my man waiting. As you know... Recently, I announced that uh, the Big Brother Jake podcast has partnered up with the Warrior Scholar Project. And, of course, couldn't do this without my man, straight out of the Dino, San Bernardino, California, my man Jesse Tassetti. He's the Director of Outreach and Admissions for the Warrior Scholar Project, and he's back 
on the Big Brother Jake podcast. What's up, Jesse? How you doing, man? What up, man? How you doing, Big Brother Jake? Man, I'm living large like my stomach, man. Just chilling. You know how it goes. <laughs> hey, that, that stomach's not as big as it used to be. I think both of us uh, went the opposite of everybody in the in the in the pandemic quarantine. You know, you yeah. Slimming up. I'm slimming up. I can go to a store if I want to and buy a shirt now, just like you. You know, <laughs> it is a good feeling, though, right? Like you don't have to look in the big man section. You kind of go in the kind of big man section and be like, "Yo, I yeah. can fit into that now." You know what I'm saying? It's a good yeah, feeling. <laughs> throw the throw the three XLs in the dryer now instead of hanging them up. So <laughs> See, people, people don't know that struggle though, man. When you <laughs> when you're trying to you don't want to dry your clothes, you know, because the shirts will shrink and then you gotta do the fat man tuck all the time when you just pulling the shirt. See, <laughs> people don't know that struggle, man. Nah, man. <laughs> but yeah, you're looking good, brother. You're looking good, man. Getting your walks too, in brother. and stuff. Yeah, man, you know. Uh doing doing what I can, even though I got about foot and a half of snow on the ground for the last week and a half it's just you know hey it's you know it's not sunny southern california it's it's new jersey but it's all good no i know that weather's hitting y'all hard back there i know for myself um you know i've been complaining because i had to wear a hoodie you know what i'm saying and so that when i have to wear a hoodie and it gets below 60 i'm pissed off that's why i came back to california man Hey man, you know, fifty three <laughs> degrees, fifty three degrees today. So it's a heat wave. Ooh man, put put the shorts on. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. I'm not gonna bore everybody with weather talk, but you know, we know it's cold in Jersey and nice out in California. But uh, you know, recently, Jesse, um, we sat down and we put together this partnership with the Warrior Scholar Project. You're the director of outreach and admissions. Tell the world what you do with the Warrior Scholar Project. Yeah, so uh, what I do is I, I reach out, recruit different avenues. Usually pre-COVID, I would I would fly all over the country, you know, rack up them uh, frequent flyer miles <laughs> like I was deployed again and uh, go go to four and two-year, edu- you know, institutes of higher learning, go to military bases, career fairs, education fairs. And just spread the word about what Warrior Scholar Project is, what we do, how we can help the transitioning veterans uh, achieve their academic goals. You know, um, you know, there's there's 200,000 service members that transition from all branches of the service every year. About 115,000 of those individuals want to go back to education in some sense. Right. Right. And so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of options available for individuals with transition and so uh my my goal is to to find these enlisted sailors that were like you and i and enlisted marines enlisted airmen enlisted mm-hmm. soldiers enlisted coast guard i don't want to generalize you know with just a sailor that's just how my normal detour right, is to that right. but um you know and let them know the options that are available let them know the type of schools that are there and mm-hmm. um you know uh a prestigious ivy league isn't for everybody um it is you know it, it isn't anybody's reach that wants to take take that challenge but you know some of us aren't aren't built to do that or think we're not built to do that right and the warrior project was warrior scholar project was developed to to work on those skill sets give them the tools and the resources kind of like a skill bridge uh transition wise and help them to meet their academic goals um so my whole thing is to try and connect transitioning service members, mm-hmm. those service members that are out trying to get their education after they tried to transition into employment and didn't see the, the need there. And then a few years later, go back. I mean, as you and I both know, veterans transition back into education on their own timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I had our conversations. It's what I did as soon as I retired. You, you had a little bit of a gap. Not oh, yeah. saying it was not saying it was wrong, you know. I mean, you right. have to do some, you have to do some cool, cool things that I'm kind of jealous of, you know. <laughs> working it. with Van, working <laughs> with Van, going to Vero Beach, you know, working on Fox Sports One, you know, and then you realize, hey, man, I need to get this piece of paper for whatever reason. Oh yeah, my 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 piece of paper was, um, you know. First generation college kid. I saw my brother do it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show my kids that education is important. Um, you know, and right. and that's 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 how I did it. So I mean, the, the tracks are totally different for everybody. My whole thing is to just be available to get the word out about Warrior Scholar Project and to talk about what Warrior Scholar Project is. 
And mm-hmm. since COVID, now I've been trying to figure out ideas outside the box, ways to connect with people. Yeah. Because um, usually the Warrior Scholar Project, we uh, we take a take the vets, we put them on campus, an immersive academic boot camp style mm-hmm. uh, environment, very similar to when civilians show up and they go to the the yellow footprints or they go to the bus from the airport to Great Lakes or yes. where the <laughs> army goes. You know, yeah. um, out here in New Jersey, where the Coast Guard boot camp is, mm-hmm. and they transition from a civilian into a service member, right? And the different lingo you got to learn, and mm-hmm. you know, you learn that a bulkhead is a wall, and, <laughs> and those types of things. Yeah. Just getting taught, di- taught discipline that, um, you know, I, I would say that you and I were respectable uh, teenagers when we transitioned oh, yeah. out of Pacific High School. Oh yeah, 20, 20 almost twenty seven years ago. Uh, don't age us like uh, that, man. Come on. <laughs> hey dude it's it is what it is you know i'm trying yeah. to identify with people because absolutely people people you know they they got to understand where i'm coming from and yep. where you're coming from mm-hmm. and why it's so passionate to us um you know because a lot of a lot of the individuals that i meet in the warrior scholar project didn't perform as well as some of us did in school yep. sometimes they perform better and then they went to college because that's the transitional mindset that most american people have is that you got to go to college. You got to do this. You know, mm-hmm. there's not enough focus on on certain aspects, and they just don't have the proper skills. They don't have the proper resources. Right. So they 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 go get a job with Uncle Sam, and then they get the benefits, mm-hmm. and then they they go back and they look and they say, "Man, how can I? You know, I've got these tools. These these institutes of higher learning want to bring me in so I can succeed with the benefits that Uncle Sam's going to give me for my time and dedication to our nation." Right. But can I really do it? You know, I only had a 1.8 GPA. You know, how, yeah. how can I how can I do that better? So pre-COVID, we would we would partner with institutions. Mm-hmm. They would come in, they'd live in the dorms, they would eat in the dining facilities. Um, and then they would get lectures from professors there. They would work in small groups with alumni from the program mm-hmm. and get taught skills that they could use not only in the classroom, but in life. You know, and then last year when the pandemic hit in March. We had to pivot like yeah. everybody else. Everybody else in the world had to pivot. Absolutely. And uh, we just happened to make the call quick. We had the team been place. You know, we had a we got a great leader in Ryan Pavel, um, a former Marine himself, mm-hmm. um, University of Michigan grad, JD from the University of Virginia. And then we had uh, Dr. Jeremy Bradford, our uh, director of education, mm-hmm. a uh, doctorate student, a doctorate graduate from Yale University and um, astrophysics or some crazy thing that's above me. You know, he's the big <laughs> brain, dude. He's a smart, he's one of the smartest human beings I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I know he'll be embarrassed when he listens to this. When I talk <laughs> about Jeremy and his big brain, but we transitioned and uh, we hosted all of our uh, programming last summer mm-hmm. uh, virtually with all of our partner institutions, got the same environment that we could as uh, in a virtual platform. And, you know, everything is as good as the data that you get, right? Right. And so after we do our post-course survey, we saw that we still gave them the confidence to succeed. We still had individuals that thought that they were ready for academics, that they, in higher education, that they were more prepared than they thought, that they would refer a friend to it, you know? And and so now we're coming into, coming up on a year in the pandemic, but we still got the uncertainty if we're going to be virtual, if we're going to have some in-person programming, but what has changed, though, over the year is the fact that I can't travel and do face-to-face. Right. right. And, I, and that's what we're used to walking it through, you know, as right. military, not to cut you off there. Um, and, 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 but, Jesse, I, I think um, what you're saying is very important because um, I could speak for myself. When I got out the service, you know, and, and this is the hardest part, transitioning back from being in the military, having a military mindset, to being a civilian again. And I had no direction. I didn't know what to do, where to go. I know I wanted to do radio. I know I wanted to like further my, uh, my scholastic career, but I couldn't do it. And I think this is why the Warrior Scholar Project is so amazing. And you answered one of my questions because COVID has you know, done its – I, I know you've traveled all over the country you know, uh, with this project, um, trying to uh, help out veterans transition. Um, what do you think – other than having to do this virtually has been your biggest challenge trying to reach out to uh, our men and women of, uh, in the service that want to get their uh, higher education. 
I think the biggest challenge right now is in a virtual environment, like everybody's fed up with the virtual environment, right? right? Like everybody's got zoom, you know, we've all got, most of us have kids or whatever. Yeah. And we've seen the, the struggles that they have to deal with, with not going to school or going to school for a limited time, going every other day and higher education is using a virtual platform too. And a lot of people are saying, I don't know if the virtual platform is for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the biggest thing is convincing individuals that like you need to spend a week or two if we're virtual again in front of a computer for the benefits of it. Right. Right. Um, you know, and so that's been the biggest thing. And also just getting individuals to see the benefit before I could go to a school like Cal State Northridge. Right. And I could mm -hmm. give an info session. 30 minutes. I could give the spiel about why WSP is for them, what they would benefit from. I could show them, hey, this is what it is. You want to go to a school um, that's got this type of X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. And then I could sit there with them and walk them through the application process. Right Now, now there's that social uh, disconnect because it's in a virtual environment. There's mm -hmm. no person there with you to say, okay, what I'm talking about right here is this. So people go through the application and they look at the application and they say, oh, I don't know how to do this. And they just give up because they don't see what's going to happen at the other end because there's right. no one there mm -hmm. to walk them through. And so that's been uh, one of the ways we've had to pivot uh, as an organization going through with our application process. You know, before it was six essays and all these questions. And it would say when you went there, hey, it's going to take 45 minutes to an hour to to fill out this application. Right. Mm -hmm. And now we're transitioning to where we need to build a community of conversation. We need to build a thing to where there's a humanality bond, right? right and right. how do you get a humanality bond is to talk, use words, not just emails and right. messages on the computer. So we've, we've, we've trimmed down some of our uh, application. Uh -huh. And then the cool thing that I think that we've added to the mix this year, that's brand new for us is uh, when you finish your application, now you're going to get a call. You're going to get an opportunity to schedule a call with somebody on my team to ask one-on-one, -on -one, Hey, how does this work to us to learn about you yeah. so that we can get a better picture, right? Because before COVID, if somebody wanted to transfer from a two-year school and they wanted to go to Columbia, Right. Mm -hmm. They can have that dialogue with me face to face. And I say, OK, when we set our our placement for Columbia, I know this individual wants to go there. Right. That doesn't transition as well on a piece of computer screen where they've typed in the words and said, OK, this is what I want to do. But when you have the conversation and you say, OK, uh, Jesse, I don't know if a small liberal art school in the Northeast is good for me. What about a public institution? Because I'm a veteran of California, so I, I rate Cal Vets. Right. Is a public large public institution like UC Irvine better for me? Is a private institution in Southern California like USC better for me? And it's able to build a relationship and partnership with that applicant who wants to participate in our cohort uh -huh. to give them the best service we can. So um, that's that's what we're in the process of pivoting towards and 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 working to get more people served because like i i said 115,000 of the 200,000 people that transition from the service on a yearly basis have a goal of higher education before right and i, I don't want to put a number on it but a large majority are like me when i transitioned i knew i wanted to go to college right but i had a i had a i had a uh, lack of information to choose from and how i proceeded right right so with me it was just google searches and seeing what academic institutions of higher learning um, would give me my money back for sending an application. Because how can you put out the, this was my, my mindset. How, how can I understand if a institution is veteran friendly, if they're going to charge me for my application and not give me my money back. Right. So right. Uh, that's how I went about it. And then I said, Oh, okay. Got accepted to Columbia, got accepted to Manhattan college, got accepted to Duke, got accepted to Florida state. All of these big name schools, only school I didn't really get accepted to that I wanted to go to was USC. I got waitlisted. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, but, hey, everything happens for a reason. And so without the knowledge of that, what did I do? I went to these campuses. I walked around. I met with their veteran services. Mm -hmm. I saw the mass size of the schools. 
And I ended up going to a small school where it was 15 to one student to professor mm-hmm. ratio that wanted to commit and do good things, you know? So right. that's part of what we get to do is, uh, kind of show an individual what it's like on that type of campus. Right. Because our, our partner schools, they range anywhere from the big Ivy leagues, Princeton, Yale, Harvard, Columbia, mm-hmm. to large in-state public schools, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, University of Arizona, Texas right. A&M, UC Irvine, large private schools, USC, University mm-hmm. of Chicago, and to small liberal arts schools like Williams and Amherst. So, I mean, and, and we're looking hopefully to, bring our program to a HBCU uh, in the near future. Oh, that's also. wonderful, man. I, that, that was one of my, <laughs> one of my questions right there, but you answered that. Now I think that's wonderful. Um, also what, what, what needs to be understood is that we need the public's help with this. You know, um, that's why I wanted to partner with uh, warrior scholar project uh, because of the services that you guys provide for veterans and for people that are transitioning out. Um, how can the people help the process? I know you could donate. Tell the people that want to donate or want to help out, how can they reach out and help the Warrior Scholar Project? Yeah, so the the biggest way to help, of course, because we're a small nonprofit, is to donate. Right. Uh, org. Go on there. There's a place to donate there. You know, people do social media mm-hmm. uh, donations. Big shout out to you with the earth that you started today for us. A little oh, thanks, campaign. Man for donations you know um we've got some great partners like pepsico and the clark foundation that give us grants and Mm -hmm. and and allow us to develop that you know um but the the big key is to spread the word especially in this time where outreach is limited by travel face to face right you know um we joked on a call that we had a couple weeks ago about pat about pat mcafee right like yeah get a guy like pat mcafee you know, uh, at Pat McAfee show to, to, to share the video, to talk about it for just 30 seconds, you know, yeah. just, just to start the conversation mm-hmm. where people hear it and they say, Hey, I might know this veteran. Let me put him in contact with Jesse. Right. The easiest way to do that is either to reach out to me at jtosetti at warriortaxscholar.org or admissions at warriortaxscholar.org. The admissions one goes to my outreach team. Somebody will, will, will reach out. They can go to our website, mm-hmm. uh, org. They can schedule a call with us through Calendly. They can look at our schedule and see when we're available to connect with any questions they might have. You know, it's all about spreading the word. I mean, we talked about the Dodgers, right? Like I was supposed to be the Dodger insider. You are the Dodger insider of, of this yeah, podcast. You know, I haven't been able to talk about it except for uh, when they, they uh, got their heart broke by the Nationals. Oh, we're going to get to that in a second. A, <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody like Trevor Bauer at Bauer Outage, who, uh, who's who got a strong social media platform that does all these things, you know right. what I mean? Somebody, people like that. Just spread the word. Spread right. the gospel as uh, mm-hmm. Mark London, our CEO, our our chairman of the board, not our CEO, Mark London, likes to say, mm-hmm. just spread the gospel. Anything that goes, it's all a trickle-down effect, you know. Um, right. Our biggest our biggest source of applicants is through word of mouth from a, a alumni. Right. You know, so uh, it's all about spreading the word. It's going to take a it's going to take a small army to uh, get that word out. Mm-hmm. And as long as we got allies like the Big Brother Jet Podcast <laughs> and and uh, those guys, it, it, it'll come. And I'm glad you said that because um, ever so often we're going to highlight a student that is um, utilizing the Warrior Scholar Project. We got some people in the works that are going to come on the program and and spread the word and their success stories. And so we're definitely going to do that in the weeks to come. But before I let you go, there was no way I was going to have you come on the podcast and not talk about all the goings on with our Los Angeles Dodgers. And I say ours because we both grew up loving the Dodgers. I know, just like myself, you and I are huge Dodger fans. What do you think, between Bauer and re-signing JT, do you think we can run it back again this year? Uh, uh, dude, come on. <laughs> I, I absolutely think so. I think that uh, what people don't pay attention to is the structure of the Bauer deal. Yes. Um, I mean, if you look at the Bauer deal, shout out to Trevor Bauer and Rachel Luba. Uh, Rachel Luba, man, what a phenomenal story, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a dad, you're a dad, you're a girl dad. Yes. I'm a girl dad. Thanks to Kobe Bryant making girl dad popular. Yes. Uh, you know, we all want to, you know, 
not all of us can shoot basketballs, right? Let me just take a – Lord knows me, I can't. Let me, <laughs> let me sidestep for a moment, right? And, uh, you know, but we all get a chance. We all get a chance to emulate Kobe if we're a girl dad, right? Sure, yeah. And so, like, to me, um, Rachel Luba is a heck of a story. Rachel Luba, for those that don't know, is one of the agents that negotiated the highest annual – uh, value contract for Trevor Bauer. Yep. But the way the Dodgers structured that deal is, you know, he's got to opt out. Yeah. So, you know, it could go here, it could go there. It's got a, it's very cost effective when you look at it. I know it's hard to say cost effective when you're talking about the possibility in 2022 that he makes $45 million a year <laughs> for throwing a baseball. But guess what? It's a unique change for how the system works. Right. And uh, yeah, you said JT was going to sign back. With a two-year deal, I sure did. I told the world for a third year. Told the world that, uh, and I was right. I got I got a little bit nervous as I saw Kiki leave, and got a little bit nervous when I saw Jock leave. Yeah. I knew Jock was going to leave. Yeah, well, I they tried Jock to trade was, him before, you know, you know to the Angels. And, but guess what, dude? Jock's one-year, seven million dollar contract to the Cubs is going to be amazing for Jock and his family. Yeah, you know, I shared that article with you where he talked mm-hmm. about. 10 years, his wife, two kids, and two rings, you know, his wedding ring and his, his championship ring. Yep. Dude, when you think about it with Jock, not to go off again, but, dude, they're probably in a better stadium for Jock and his swing to right field, except for maybe Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Being that I live in Jersey and my wife's favorite Dodger was Doc, <laughs> right. I was kind of wanting him to go to the Yankees uh, just because of that short right field fence. Right. But I started to get nervous because there wasn't really anybody in the Dodgers system in place, mm-hmm. right, to be – the day-to-day leader that JT is. We can right. talk about Peyton Kershaw and his leadership role, Mookie and his leadership role, and and Cody and his leadership role, Corey Seager and his mm-hmm. leadership role. But nobody is really in a place except for maybe Kiki that could have filled that role right. as like a mentor. Yep. And, and and the role that JT does just with the community and his personality and the way he interacts with the fans. And he's a hometown like, boy, so that makes a huge is, difference too. You know, yeah. And and but Kiki, I was a little nervous. But then JT right. came back and I was like, okay, that'll work. Oh yeah. Now now I'm a little bit nervous because we got all this great, wonderful starting pitching. I mean, when you look at it, as much as <laughs> I know where you're going. As much as it might sound crazy, <laughs> as much as it might sound crazy, when you look at some of the things, and I know as a Dodger fan, I'm gonna catch heat for this. But Clayton Kershaw ain't our ace anymore. No, nope. he's not our he's not our number two. No, nope. um, I think he'll be the opening day starter just because of tradition. That's and tradition, all that. yeah. But like, you know, you got to mix it up. And I, I was telling my dad the other day, I was like, "Look, if it was me, Bueller or Bauer would be my number one." Yeah, um, because there's not much. There's not much to me, dude. There's not much difference in those two guys except for the money you're paying them. Right. Then I would, and then I would throw Urias number two, only to break up the righty lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you have Urias go two because I think Urias proved in the World Series that that the young man is time to let the dude run and yeah. to let him carry the Dodgers like he should. Yeah. Um, and then I think you put whoever the the wasn't the one between Bauer and and Bueller at the three. I think you let the young bucks, uh, Goslin or May, for number four. Yeah. Um, and then you don't know what David Price is going to bring. He was out for a year. Still got some questions on that. But yeah. David Price is still just a thirty. You know, he's still a young guy. He didn't yeah. throw last year, so he still got innings. And then you got Kershaw, and Kershaw can. I, I think Kershaw is going to stay with the Dodgers. I think oh yeah, he's going to finish the Dodgers. I just, I just, I don't. He's not the ace anymore. Like, no, as much as. But you you talk to some of these other and you know other Dodger fans are not oh, well, that's... this with us. He he this and that whatever you know and it's just like okay. <laughs> and but but the key thing for me for the Dodgers going ahead right mm-hmm. is we need to address the back of the bullpen. Yes, the bullpen. What I'm scared. I'm scared of the like because Kenley Jansen. I don't think we'll get any arguments from anybody except for loyal loyal Dodgers <laughs> who who you know will just say hey he's the best to go is. Uh, Jansen's not our closer anymore. No, he he's done, man. He's, a, he's he, I middle relief. I, I would put him there, but I I don't think he's the the like the Eric Gagne. Uh, you know how he used to just shut it down. Jansen can't do that anymore. I'm sorry. No, I love the guy. He just can't do it. But I think I think that if we put him in a setup role, seventh, eighth inning, right? Uh, we got that young kid Gatterall, yep. Bazooka. That crazy young kid, man, he ain't afraid of nobody. He went right at Manny Machado. He sure did. In, in, in the playoffs. <laughs> and the dude throws nasty heat. And yeah, he he's does. a young kid. And I think once he gives him his chance, he'll be all right. 
I think we need to solidify a second baseman. I don't think Gavin Lux is the answer. No, I don't either. Uh, and I think I think uh, Friedman's next thing now is he needs to secure Corey Seager because yep. Landor is not leaving the Mets. And I'd make the argument that Corey Seager is the best shortstop in baseball. One hundred percent. I'm not going to argue you know, that. I, I know that he doesn't get the press that he should because he's on a team of stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think that we have the best player in baseball. Uh, in right field, I yes. know I'll get argument from especially Angel fans that Mike <laughs> Trout is, but uh, Mookie is ridiculous, dude. Yes, um, and to have him locked up for 10 years, it's great. He's a yeah. good source of the community. I think he'll grow under Turner's mentorship mm-hmm. to grow into that leadership role that he's destined to do. His personality is there, but it's not there. You know, I think they need to just leave Cody Bellinger in center field, um, figure out what they're going to do in left field. <laughs> Because you can't rely on AJ Pollock staying healthy. I mean, right. we got we got probably the best young catcher in baseball and Will Smith. We got JT back. We got Max Muncie at first. Yep. We got a lot of versatility. Um, and I think if Dave Roberts gets out of his own way and Friedman gets out of his own way, no matter what the Padres did, <laughs> uh, they're not going to win the West. Because let's no, be honest, not. let's be honest, dude. The Padres are still the Padres. Yes, and they'll find a way to mess it up. Just like the Raiders are the Raiders. <laughs> and they'll find a way to mess it up, too. I'm not going to speak on that. But the Clippers will find a way to mess it up, too. They're going to do their best. <laughs> but not only does this man talk baseball, he's a mentor, he's a director of outreach and admissions at the Warrior Scholar Project. Jesse, one more time, tell the people where they can get a hold of you so they can get more information. Yeah, it's Jay Tosetti at warriortaxscholar.org or admissions at warriorscholar.org. we got an upcoming info session. We're sponsoring with uh, one of our big partners, Service to School. So Service to School is a great organization that provides mentorship mm-hmm. um, with student, in, student wanting to attend school. Pair them up. We'll help them with all the whole application process. Let them know what schools are best. They'll recommend it. So we've got a big uh, info session uh, thir- Thursday evening. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. That's, cough. Right. That's right. Um, with them, it's going to focus on uh, some of our alumni that have participated in Warrior Scholar Project. Oleg Palef is uh, a alumni of ours. He's a current student at Harvard. Um, Ali Gerardo is an alumni of ours, who's a service to school mentee, who's at the University of Chicago, and then Joshua Davenport is an alumni of ours and he's a current student at Stanford. And then uh, Derek August is on my team. He's our, our big alumni ambassador, uh, program manager. He's a former, former army vet, just got his graduate degree, uh, his undergrad from the university of Miami. Mm-hmm. So the U I know he'd give me a hard time if I didn't <laughs> give him a shout out and then shout out to you too. Right. Um, so they're going to be doing a great time, and it's going to be it's going to be moderated by Jim Shelby, who uh, former Marine, who's the chief operating officer for Service to School. It'll be a good time. Um, Student Veterans of America's NatCon is this Saturday, this Friday and Saturday. It's all virtual. It's the largest gathering of student veterans in the nation mm-hmm. every year. Uh, Thirty seven hundred student veterans, and uh, our CEO Ryan Pavel will be leading a uh, discussion on Friday afternoon about living in education in a virtual environment. And so uh, a lot of big things excited for what's going on. Can't wait to hear the initial interviews that you do. Oh yeah. Anybody that remembers, so remembers episode 43, <laughs> I talked about Brittany Dominic. Highest rated yeah. episode ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Brittany I talked Dominic. to Brittany. I talked to Brittany yeah. uh, yep, uh, very, last night. Very she, excited for her interview. That's another one. Yeah. She's my, coming on the podcast real soon. Yeah. And then we got Charlie Woolers, who's at Columbia. Yes. And of course, we got some others coming up. Uh, I think it'll be a really good partnership. Absolutely. Get the word, get the word spread, do big things. And uh, yeah, man, I can't thank you enough for the support you oh, give. Oh, man. Uh, you know, and then uh, I'm really looking forward for the uh, the one with uh, Robbie Hill. Yes. Robbie Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's at University of Chicago, who's from the Dino. Yes. You know, that's going to be awesome just to show that, like, you can overcome adversity and, and get to schools like right. University of Chicago, Manhattan College, University of Southern California, mm-hmm. and the University of Laverne. Yeah, I'm not going to leave the University you of can't, Laverne. Man, out. the Lovers, <laughs> baby, with Leos for life. Yeah, man. So, but yeah, uh, anybody man. that's interested, 
check out our website, www.warriorscholar.org. You know, you could even, like I said, go on there, schedule a call with me or any of the other individuals. Yes. And uh, we'll get it done. You know, I got I got a great team, Camilla Hill, diversity and inclusion. That's part of the reason why we're looking to build uh, our uh, women veteran mm -hmm. participants, you know, our uh, underserved communities. You know, uh, she's got a great plan that she's working on with uh, the American Native American Indian College Council mm -hmm. to, to, to help American Indians. And, you know, so. Uh, we're just trying to give back and, and do great things and influence and give individuals the opportunity to succeed and achieve their academic goals. Absolutely. And I, I, I am very honored to to partner up with the Warrior Scholar Project and yourself. And we go way back. Jesse, I will have you on again at, when baseball season starts uh, because, you know, you're the Dodger <sighs> insider and we'll, we'll get crazy with Dodger baseball um, as the season progresses. But as always, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Big Brother Jake podcast. And don't be a stranger, man. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we couldn't have this, this whole partnership couldn't have been done without Whitney Gold either. So, Absolutely. Uh, yes. Props to our her. director, our director of marketing and communications. So if there's anybody else out there that wants to, to talk with our alumni, not trying to steal Big Brother Jake's thunder, <laughs> okay. but, uh, you know, you got to spread the word. So spread the word. W-G-O-U-L-D at warriortechscholar.org. That's our director of uh, marketing and communication. If you've got any ways that you think you could help us spread the word, reach out to Whitney or myself, and we'll definitely do all we can to help. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, Jesse. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Hello, everybody. You're listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake broadcast. Bye, everybody. Shout out to my man, Jesse Tassetti, for coming on. Again, he's the Director of Outreach and Admissions for the Warrior Scholar Project. Uh, if you need more information, you can hit warrior-scholar.org. And uh, you can find all the information you need. If you want to donate, hit that same website. And, uh, you know, it's a great cause. And I, I back it 100%. That's why I partnered with them. I would not partner with somebody or, you know, any organization that doesn't have the best interests of others so it's, it's a great collaboration, and I'm happy about it. And uh, we'll feature more of the uh, scholars that go through that project and that program. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm really excited. And it was nice to talk a little Dodger baseball as well with my man Jesse. He's my Dodger insider also. So uh, you'll be hearing more from him uh, in later podcasts. So um, there's that. Now, um, episode 100 is upon us. And for those that don't know, the OGs know this. Um, Pre-COVID, I was already planning a big celebration for episode 100. I really wanted to have like a, a listener appreciation party where we can, you know, have tacos and um, hang out, you know, have people come on stage and talk, have, you know, live DJs and all that stuff. Make it a big party. Uh, but COVID ruined that. So I'm doing other things to make this right and have fun with it. So the 100th episode is going to be a special one. I'm pulling out all the stops that I can, um, all the bells and whistles. I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be a good time. Uh, I may not have that ready by next week, but I, I want to take my time with it and work on it and do the 100th episode properly. Um, but we will have that party, though. Uh, when COVID, you know, the things get better in California, here in Southern California, I'll pick a venue, pick a location. Anybody that's a business owner or knows somebody that's a business owner, you know, they have like a nice restaurant where you can, you know, have like 50 people, a nice little entertainment area where I can have my sound guy and a DJ set up. You know, I, I'd love to do that. So anybody that knows somebody, send their info my way. You can DM me at, um, at Big Brother Jake on Instagram. Or at the Big Brother Jake Podcast uh, on Instagram, or my email, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to find out where all the venues are I could work at and have this listener party. And, you know, on the house, I'm footing the bill. So, yes, you don't have to bring anything but a smile and an appetite for a good time and tacos. So, we'll make that happen in the near future. 
But I'm working on that and i um, trying to revamp everything. If you click the link in the bio of my Instagram, my brand new social media director <laughs> put up a link tree for me. So whatever platform you want to listen, you can click on it in the bio. And man, she's putting in work. Shout out to Kendra Warner, her government name, a.k.a. my daughter, my oldest baby. Love you, baby. Thank you for all your hard work. You know, daddy's proud of you. She's trying to go to Paris, y'all, for her senior trip. She wants to go to Paris. So I got to make the money I can make to help her out and, you know, help her out by, you know, going to her page. You know, um, that link will be in the bio soon. Um, but if you have an Instagram page that needs revamping, like she's doing with mine, uh, she has a service that she offers. So, you know, if you have any questions, you can DM me about that as well. So it was a fun episode. Uh, it was nice to catch up with Jesse. It was nice to, you know, discuss things with the Warrior Scholar Project. And um, again, 100th episode right after this. It's been a great run. I'm not done yet. I'm just saying it's been a lot of fun. 1 through 99 has been a lot of ups and downs, and I've learned a lot about y'all, learned a lot about myself, and I can't wait for episode 100. Uh, until then, you know, check out my Big Brother Jake pot snacks that I do. Um, try to do it every day, but if, if I can't do it every day, you know, I'll do, try to do it every other day. Um, but I have a TikTok now at Big Brother Jake LA, and of course at Big Brother Jake, at the Big Brother Jake Podcast on Instagram. I'm rambling on. It's time to land this plane and get on with your day. So, hope your day's a good one. I hope you get everything you want in life. And I hope, you know, you get that promotion, you get that job, you, that, that person answers your DM and says, yeah, I'm feeling you too. Yeah, all of that. I want nothing but good things to happen to everybody that's listening. And, and spread the word, y'all. Spread the word, okay? So, until then, wait for it. <clears throat> You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.